0: Give us some men who know the truth and who will declare the truth and who will stand with Athanasius and Polycarp and Calvin and Luther and Whitfield and Edwards and who will declare from the housetops that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. people. I'm serious. John.
1: children it's gonna be one of those days because we are here to tell you that they still hate you and i'm not even kidding and here's the worst part when i say we it's literally just me and the other voices in my head today lou unfortunately has a life so the other bright side is this will be a shorter episode since he won't be here to hog all the airtime you know like he does (laughs) i'm kidding i'm kidding you know i'm kidding <clears throat> but in seriousness, no, they don't like you. We're going to be talking about some really fun statistics in regards to persecution today. Dun-da-da-da! Da, dun. What could possibly go wrong? But before we do that, let's make sure we have ourselves a good old-fashioned foundation. And that foundation is going to be found in the book of John. Specifically, two chapters. But we're going to start in chapter three. And we make this really easy for you guys as I chug my water. I'm going to start with the verse that everybody knows. So you you already know where we're going in John 3, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not heir, shall not perish but have eternal life. Simple, basic, not complex at all. <clears throat> you want to have saving faith, that faith must come through Christ. You want to avoid punishment and the wrath of God you must put your trust in Christ this is the love of God manifested for his creation but wait there's more for god did not send the son into the world to judge the world but that the world might be saved through him remember the judgment of the son does not come in john 3 that comes in revelation well pretty much the book of revelation just read revelation it will in fact do you good so jesus is making a distinction on what his work is here and by the way complete unrelated aside that there's no one here to argue with me about so i can take it um The Bible I'm looking at has this in red letters. If you, like, gunned to my head and made me pick it, I think verse 16 actually begins the not-red-letter portion. I think Jesus' interaction in speech with Nicodemus ends at verse 15 because this section sounds way too much like the addendum that John put on it in order to explain everything that jesus was saying to nicodemus and you're going well why does john have to explain everything jesus said to nicodemus well if nicodemus didn't get it what what hope did you think most of the other people had exactly it's the whole reason you write the gospel and that you write it in an explanatory manner so that you can explain the stuff the people didn't get the first time (sighs) i'm okay i'm okay he who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Notice this. This is why the Son does not need to judge in this first incarnation ministry. The judgment will be obvious. If you're not believing, it's because the judgment is abiding upon you. If you are believing, it's because the judgment is not abiding upon you and you have not been judged. This is going to make a point about persecution, I promise. We're just not there yet verse 19 this is the judgment here you go this is the judgment right that the light has come into the world and men loved the darkness rather than the light for their deeds were evil we could spend like an hour on that verse right there and we would not go over newton you know the same territory twice but we want the reader's digest version here's the problem you're busted you're broken, and in your natural state, you live in a fallen state. And even when presented with the light, you look at the light and go, eh, I'm good. Excuse me, as I clear my throat. What this means is, this is why, Christian, this is why your weapons of warfare are the gospel, and why your battle is in spiritual realms. Because... When you try and interact or you try to deal with the world from a practical or sensical standpoint, what you really end up with is just anger and hatred. So think about this has been the marriage argument for the last two decades, is we have looked at the world and said, well, you know, there are better outcomes when children have both a father and a mother in the home now stop is that true yes yes it's true but what happens to the argument when you take that tact you go this is what it should look like this is the result more often than not when you go down this road when you go down the wrong road it creates problems and what does the other side do oh look 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 here's susan susan has four mothers and susan is just fine she works for nasa and she pays her taxes and you in a, and your evaluation is invalid Ha. Huh. We've done the same thing with the abortion argument, as we go, look, 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 look. Choose life, because you never know what the potential of that life might be. You could be aborting the next Tim Tebow, and that would be terrible. And the other side comes along and goes, yeah. And then there's this 14-year-old inner-city mom, and her kid's going to grow up to be a gangbanger. Or, like, literally Hitler. Wouldn't you abort Hitler if you had the chance? See... The argument doesn't work because at the end of the day, you're attacking in the wrong place. All you really end up doing is getting them to hate you for the wrong reason. Instead, it's, no, this is the definition of marriage because this is how God has defined marriage, and God is the one who gets to make the rules because he, he's you know, you know, know, God, and that's just how this works. And I don't care about outcomes, and you can bring me 27 people with lesbian parents or gay parents and show me how wonderful they turned out. It's still wrong. It's still just wrong. And you can bring me 472 Tim Tebos, or you can bring me 9,782 kids that turned out to be literal Hitler or gangbangers. And I would say, you don't get to kill them in the womb because that's, wait for it, wait for it. That's wrong, as I smack my microphone stand. Sorry. That's just wrong. And therefore, you don't get to declare it good and right. And if you want to hate me, good hate me because I'm standing on the side of God and his morality, not some weird secular argument. And remember, we're talking about persecution today. They're going to hate you. So go back to John 3. For everyone who does evil hates the light, and does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. This is why they love it, love, 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 love it, when your argument becomes about statistics, and outcomes, and possibilities, and probabilities, and the good of society. Because now it's no longer about my soul. Now it's no longer about evil. Now it's no longer about the darkness that resides deep down in the depths of my humanity. And I don't have to confront that because you're not making me. Thanks be to whatever pagan deity they want to worship that day because we are now having an argument that I'm comfortable with, that I feel like I can win that I feel like is arguing on the plane where I have the advantage. No, 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 Oh, contre mon frère Christian, you must attack the heart. You should go with the gospel and declare the morality of God and say not thus saith Zarathustra, but thus saith the Lord. Sorry, I stuck with that French-Canadian New Orleans accent way too long. I apologize. So continue this section. But he who practices the truth comes to the light, so that his deeds may be manifested, it is ha- manifested as having been wrought in God. That's what you want, Christian. When you go out into the world, you want to actually recognize that you are shining light. I mean, come on. What's the song? Sing it. Sing it. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Why? Why? because I smacked my microphone stand again, It's two for two here today. Why should you let it shine? Because they're going to hate you for whatever it is that you are and whatever it is that you do anyway. You cannot win them with secular arguments. You cannot win them with worldly arguments, and I know that's the same thing, but just in case you're not paying attention, you cannot win them with logic or reason or understanding because they are depraved of heart and depraved of mind, and this is all going to become a point in a few minutes. I prom—I promise this is going to make sense. <clears throat> so, with that foundation laid, let's fast forward in the book as a comfort to you, okay? So go from John 3 to John chapter 16. I'll wait. Are you there? Scroll all the way to the bottom. Always remember, this is the, um, <clears throat> this is part of the conclusion of the Upper Room Discourse. This is Jesus's final words to the disciples before he's going to go, you know, be crucified and all. These things I have spoken to you, so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage, I have overcome the world. That's the reminder you need to have every single day. Day, And the reason you need that reminder is because if you are trying to logic or reason your way through this world, you are arguing with their weapons according to their systems, and you will eventually end up dealing with things that you aren't prepared for because you don't have a foundation for them as my tablet argues with me and won't zoom in sorry <laughs> it's amazing how i quick how quickly i lose the train of thought because the technology won't cooperate That John 16 passage should be a reminder that as you go into this world, you should not expect them to agree with you. You should not expect them to think your arguments make sense. You should not expect them to be at peace with you. You should expect difficulties and tribulations. You should expect your peace not to be in the here and now, but in the hereafter where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father On I. (gasps) As I'm running out of air. Why do I tell you that? Let's dive into the news, shall we? I'm uh, moving along simply because you know part of the reason we're going solo today. Again, we just mean the voices in my head is because Lou, you know, like has an actual job that you know pays bills and stuff, and they expect him to show up and do stuff. So, what what kills me after a while and it's not his fault. I'm not even mad about it. Is that I have these stories queued up, and then by the time we get to them, sometimes they're just weeks you know, gone by. So unfortunately, if if Lou's job keeps doing this, we'll just have to you're just gonna have to be stuck with me a lot more. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry, because I know Lou was supposed to be the adult supervision in the room. But you know, it just kind of is what it is. So this story is about persecution. Are you ready for your persecution report your your 2022 update? I know it's 2023. But now that it's 2023, we can get the 2022 update. The persecution of Christians in at least 18 countries throughout the world has been increasing according to a new report. The report titled Persecuted and Forgotten, a report on Christians oppressed for their faith, 2020-2022, to was released on November 16th by the Catholic group Aid to the Church in Need. So I'm sorry, it's a Catholic group entitled Aid to the Church in Need. So there you go. So even the Roman Catholics are recognizing there's a problem here. It examined human rights violations, and that's in those little air quotes, in 24 countries where the persecution persecution of Christians is of particular concern, and revealed that the conditions in 18 of those countries have gotten worse or slightly worse for Christians. Oh boy. Oh boy. You ready? Okay, this is the part that's going to get you. Religious nationalism and authoritarianism intensified problems for the faithful, including the Taliban's return to power in Afghanistan, which prompted Christians and other minorities to attempt a desperate scramble to escape, the report stated, explaining some factors behind the rise. Now, we're going to stop real quick. Notice the two groups that are causing the problem. Religious nationalism and authoritarianism meaning the persecution is not just coming from rival religions, it is also coming from secular worldviews, which, in all honesty, if you gun to my head, they're religious worldviews as well. Always realize that. This is, you know, my favorite joke about this. You know the two things the angry atheist knows beyond a shadow of a doubt, right? Two things he knows beyond a complete shadow of any doubt is that, one, God does not exist, and number two, I hate him. That's the atheist worldview. That's a faith position. That's a religious understanding and a religious argument. I would also argue that most of the authoritarianism, um, you should substitute some form or fashion of socialism slash communism. And yes, yes, I know. Spare me the arguments, Christian. Which, by the way, if you're not going to make this argument, but this argument always gets made to you, whenever, Christian, you get someone looking at you and going you know, whenever they try to, to, to pimp the godless philosophy that is communism, and they go, well, real communism's never been tried, man. Always realize that, yes, communism is the communal ownership of all things, but someone has to enforce the communal ownership, which means you have to entrust some power to a group or person who can then enforce the equality, hence why all communism and socialism breaks down into authoritarianism or begins as authoritarianism because no one who has anything is willing to accept less so that someone else who hasn't earned it can have more, therefore you have to take my stuff at the end of a gun. Now, the reason I say that is because that becomes a religious philosophy. It has its own high priests and its own worship standards. And by definition, the reason why communism and socialism have persecuted the church everywhere they have ever been. The socialist aspects of the Nazis drove them to demand fealty from the church. The communists in Spain did all manner of atrocity. The Cubans did the same thing. The Chinese have persecuted everything under the sun, every religion under the sun. The Russians went after the Orthodox and the Catholics. It's a miserable, miserable, miserable secular religion. And the reason it does that is because it cannot have you having any hope in anything else. Your hope has to be placed in the authoritarianism of the system so that you will worship it and serve it with every fiber of your being. That sounds like religion to me. So what you're seeing is the works of darkness warring against the light, how it has been, how it it will always be. Now, the reason I point that out is, when the secularist comes to you and says that he's a secularist and doesn't want to hear religious arguments he's clinging to a religious system this is again why you can't reason people into the kingdom of god and why you can't logic them into the kingdom of god is because you are trying to use common sense which is technically a gift of the spirit to undo a religious worship By their very definition, most religions are not well known for their clear thinking and calm patience. This is one of the ways Christianity is different, as I've told you before. Christianity is a thinking religion. It actually demands that you slow down and evaluate and not get caught up in your zealotry. Most religions don't have that. Most religions go, no, 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 don't think, just Preach the dogma, follow the dogma, scream the dogma, live the dogma, be the dogma. Nah, 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 from Caddyshack, you know? Christianity goes, no. Think about it. Evaluate. Think through the idols. Think through the meat sacrificed in the pagan courts. Think through the holy days and the festivals. And determine in your conscience what is right and good. And follow God. <coughs> Excuse me. This is different from pretty much every other religious system. Back to our article. The 18 countries were mainly in Asia, Africa, and the Middle East. They include China afghanistan turkey syria saudi arabia sudan mali nigeria eritrea ethiopia mozambique pakistan Myanmar, russia north korea vietnam india and qatar the results are from 2020 to 2022 and are compared with data from 2017 to 2019 and by the way notice the uh that's a it's a heck of a list that's not just, oh, that's just angry Islam. Even if you just break down the Islamic countries there, it's not the same Islam. It's not the same understanding of how Islam is applied. It's, it's a completely different structure. And then when you start adding in the communist countries, when you start adding North Korea and China, and you want to have a real good fun one? Uh, India and Russia. Some of that from India is the Muslim sections of India. But um, the Hindu sections are pretty bad, too. And if you're looking at Russia, not really known for its Muslim thought processes, and also not really known for its authoritarian crushing of Christianity, very much so the improvement uh, from the Soviet days has been the flourishing of the Russian Orthodox Church from a faith perspective, but at the same time. The Russian Orthodox Church is one of the biggest persecutors around, expelling missionaries, rounding up gangs to beat people. And this has kind of been the history of Orthodox Church in that region of the world for you know, the better part of a couple of centuries. So again, you're not dealing just with secularism. You're not dealing with a pagan religion that I would argue that is Islam, you're dealing with bastardizations of Christianity and corruptions of every kind of thought and philosophy imaginable. I mean, North Korea and China would not fall into the religious aspects according to traditional religious definitions. They're communist authoritarians, but that's a secular philosophy. That's, it becomes a religion in and of itself that wars against everything. Now, each nation reviewed in Africa experienced declining conditions for Christians. The report attributes the persecution on the continent largely to militant non-state actors and Islamic extremism, citing specifically, you knew this was coming, Boko Haram in the Islamic State West African pro- West African's province. Nigeria is reportedly on the brink of becoming a failed state. Newsflash, they are not on the brink. I repeat, they are not on the brink. (laughs) They are uh, due to jihadism, facing kidnappings, attacks on churches, and priests being murdered. Woo! (laughs) Uh, Just a historical aside, I have said for years—I don't know if I've ever said it on this podcast. I think I've said it in a pulpit a few times. But I have said for years that I am rooting for apostate Islam quickly like when you see you know that that non-practicing muslim like in new york city who just i like the headscarf but you know and i like going to the mosque but you know we shouldn't do this killing thing and you know blah 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 you know uh, oh shoot what's the law Oh, uh, Sharia law is bad, and I want to drink my latte and wear my headscarf and say my prayers, and that's all I want. That's secular Islam, and I root for it because the more that group wins, the less they do the whole, like, blow people up thing. And I'm big on them not blowing people up because I'm big on not being blown up myself, you know, truth be told. I'm, I'm kind of partial to not being in you know 4,000 little tiny pieces that can't be put back together. But when you look at the jihadism of the African continent, that's not unique to Islam. That's not like, oh my goodness, these Africans have taken our wonderful, calm, scholarly religion, and they have corrupted it beyond imagination. This is what Islam did in the 7th century, for crying out loud. This is how... It spread this is why when you go back and look at the ancient creeds of the church written by those councils realize that most most of the bishops attending those councils at uh nicaea and chalcedon they would and laodicea later on they would have primarily been bishops from what we call southeastern europe the middle east north africa and asia minor go have some fun planting christian churches there now by the way the areas i'm talking about afghanistan syria saudi arabia turkey ethiopia pakistan those would have been the heights of where these bishops were from those would have been the biggest churches yeah why aren't they any longer because islam swept through and killed a bunch of people That's how they have spread. That is how Islam has been spread from the very beginning. And that is how if you got a lot of these Muslim clerics to give you an honest moment and they could tell you without fear of public relations backlashes, how they would still spread it to this day. As for the Middle East, migration has threatened areas, the report describes, as the world's oldest and most important Christian communities located in Iraq, Syria, and Palestine, Israel. By the way, not in Israel, in the Palestinian-controlled sections of Israel, but, you know, who's parsing, right? In 2011, before the war began, 10%, or approximately 1.5 million people in Syria, were Christian. A decade later, there are 300,000 Christians, less than 2% of the population, the report says. Hey, who would have thunk it? War, especially religiously driven war and civil war, is bad for religious believers. (laughs) I would never have thought that. One of the primary drivers for the persecution of Christians in Asia comes from authoritarianism from the state, harshly affecting nations like China, Vietnam, and North Korea. China continues to harass and attempt to control Christians and members of other religious groups that will not accept the official Communist Party line, making it unsurprising that in the Pew Forum's analysis, authorities' restrictions on religion it achieved the highest score of any nation-state, the report stated. Of course they did. The only thing more zealous for persecution than a rival religion that views itself as a religion is a rival religion that views itself as not a religion. See, we're the good guys. We're doing this for your own good. See, at least the, uh, the jihadi Muslim recognizes that you know he's killing you in the service of Allah, that he is ensuring the survival of his religion by wiping out you infidels and just sending you to the judgment that you thoroughly deserve. The secular mindset persecutes you so that you'll change your mind and abandon that silly faith of yours, that you will be enlightened and think more clearly about the world around you. They are persecuting, torturing, and killing you, not for the good of their state, but for the good of you. They think they're the good guy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Gird thyself, which once again, go back to that section in John 3 that we were talking about. They don't want your light because they want their evil deeds. They don't want Christ because they want to revel in their darkness. And when they are convinced in their darkness, and when they are sitting there, to quote the letter to the Laodiceans, when they are blind and naked and think they are brilliant eagle-eyed Finely clothed kings and emperors, you cannot reason with that level of futility, with that level of spiritual death and ignorance. You must rely on the work of the Holy Spirit and attack the heart. Therefore, you must bring the correct weapon to bear. Now, this is where I told you this was going to come full circle. Whether or not they are angry religious jihadis or enlightened free-thinking secularists, you know at the end of the day both groups hate you, right? You know at the end of the day they're still persecuting Christians. Now, yes, the secularists will also persecute the Muslims and the Hindus and the the Buddhists and all of that. But that's just because they're going to persecute everybody because they want everyone to worship their religion. Same concept. Regardless of why you believe what you believe, as a Christian, and regardless of how you communicate that belief, they hate you, and they will persecute you, and they will attempt to destroy your faith by just about any means necessary. Now, I don't know about you, but when I stand before God, I want to be able to stand there and say, well, yeah, they killed me, but... They killed me because I was rightly testifying to the grace and mercy that could be found, in the, if they would repent and put their trust in Christ, rather than, well, you know, God, I had this really good four-point philosophical exposition of why the uh, the, the, uh, the arguments for God are real and, and and what they should be and and why they should believe them and and, and and they just didn't listen to me and they didn't like me and you know I was so close to making them make sense of this and they were gonna go with it. And once I got past the ontological argument and I was able to get into their philosophical understandings, I'm telling you, they were gonna repent eventually, some point. Yes, I'm having the uncomfortable pause on purpose. Both groups got killed because both groups would not bow the knee before whatever pagan philosophy they were being demanded to bow the knee before. Therefore, Christian, they're going to hate you anyway. What do you want to be hated for? What do you want to be the testimony of your life? What do you want to be the hope that you have proclaimed? What do you want to be the cornerstone of who you are and how you have lived? Yeah, that's what I thought. In 2022, there were 360 million Christians living in places where they were at risk for high levels of discrimination and persecution, according to Open Doors. That is more people than live in the United States. Last year, 5,898 Christians were killed for being Christian. I guarantee you that number's higher. Uh, I lost my spot. More than 5,000 churches or Christian buildings were attacked, and 4,765 Christians were detained without trial, arrested, sentenced, or imprisoned. And again, I guarantee you, the number is higher than that. These are just the ones we know about. Imagine what it looks like when the light is from the nations is not there, and we don't know what's going on behind closed doors. Again, Christian, do what you want. I'm not your God. I'm just, you know, the voice in your phone that's trying to help you, you know, walk in a Christian manner. But recognize the truth of this world. Recognize the reality of who these people are. Go back to John 3 real quick if you have to, all right? This is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, and men loved the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were evil. It doesn't matter... How nice you were. I'm not telling you to be rude. It doesn't matter how brilliant you were. I'm not telling you to be dumb. It doesn't matter how philosophically sound your arguments were. I'm not telling you to engage in logical fallacies. They, either way, are still going to despise you because you stand for the truth and they don't want to. They don't want to. And you can't convince them Otherwise, everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. This is what the problem is. We look at our sin. We recognize it for what it is, and we say, that's evil in judgment. I don't want to talk about this anymore. This is why the Romans 1 argument is what it is. What's their problem? Their problem is you keep bringing up my sin. Stop it step it. I mean, you want a good example. Um, oh shoot, what's his last name? Ivan Pavrov or something like that. Go to Google Ivan Pavparv and you'll find him. He's a hockey player. Oh my goodness, they're trying to slaughter the man today. Why? Because he wouldn't wear the rainbow jersey during warm-ups. Why? He's a Russian Orthodox Christian. I know I said some bad things about Russian Orthodox earlier. Just like with every other group, they're not all bad. And I don't know what else his theology is, but on this one, I'll give him some give him some high fives, right? You know, you, you you get you get your credit when you do a good one. He's Russian Orthodox. Homosexuality is a sin. He doesn't want to celebrate what he knows to be a sin. Therefore, he decided not to not wear the jersey, but to skip the warm ups. I'll just not be a problem and not be on the ice. When asked about it, he didn't lie to anybody. You, the things, the things that were said about him. He needs to be fined. He needs to be kicked off the team. They need to send him to re education classes. I mean, seriously, they're planning his concentration camps on social media as we speak. Why? He was polite, he was kind, he was loving. He just didn't want to be forced to participate. And the argument was, we don't care. Because every time you don't participate, we're reminded that we do. And every time you don't participate to remind us that we do participate, you remind us that you are holy and righteous in the sight of God, and we aren't. Stop it. That's the problem. It's so always been the problem, always will be the problem. That's why that section in John 3 is so important. He who practices the truth comes to the light, so that his deeds may be manifested as having been wrought in God. And you know what? If you want to understand the difference, go to First John. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. And if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. We're all busted and broken and rotten and evil, and we know that. But we are, in Christ, practicing the truth. We are, in Christ, seeking to expose our sinful deeds to the light so that they may be burned up like vampires in a bad Nosferatu film. Therefore, we recognize the truth about ourselves and the truth that for that too Christ has died and that he can redeem. And we proclaim that. And please do. Because otherwise, they're going to still hate you, they're going to still say all the mean things about you, and they're still going to throw you in the gulag when the time comes. You will just have given no opportunity for the gospel to have gone forth if you've tried to argue according to worldly speculation and empty philosophy. Preach Christ and him crucified because that's what changes the hearts and minds of men, and that's what moves them from loving their evil deeds to practicing the truth. That's the standard. That's the ledge. That's the anchor to which we cling. So what have we learned here today, children? We learned that we follow Christ. We learned that the world hates God, and we've learned that the world hates God's people. Rejoice, Christian. He has overcome the world. So hopefully Lou will be back next week. If not, we'll have some fun and figure out something. So until we meet again, read your Bible. It'll do you good. Bye.